winner, champion, overcomer, maximizer. You were born, designed, and created with the seeds of greatness on the inside of you. You do have a purpose and there is a reason for your life. And you were created for greatness. This is Sammy V. Welcome to the Opportunity Day podcast, episode number 40, and happy Opportunity Day. I got an awesome freaking show for you today. I'm, I'm so excited for you. I got Dr. John Tyus in the in the house. What's mm. going on, man? How you hey, doing? Hey, man. I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm so excited about being here, man. This is a great opportunity. What an opportunity to have a great day. <laughs> Speaking of opportunity. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm excited yeah. to have you on, man. We're in um, Easton Town Center in Columbus, Ohio at a Barnes & Noble. Um, so if you hear some background noise, that's just the ambiance of where we're at right now. So you can really yeah. feel um, you know, where we're at. And, um, and so Dr. John, you, um, you're a pastor. I mean, mm-hmm. you do like a bunch of different things, but I do. you're a pastor, a leadership development speaker, mm-hmm. a life strategist. Yes, I am. And you're also the founder of the ID movement. Yes, I am. Pretty, yes. Pretty cool. That's a lot going on, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of hats to wear, but you know, I wear them and, uh, God have given me the strength to be able to wear many hats. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Where do you, where are you, a, are you a pastor of a church? Are you a youth pastor? What do you? So I'm an assistant pastor. I, okay. I'm a pastor and the church is World Conquerors Through Jesus Christ. We're on the west side of Columbus, Ohio, right off the mound exit in, in Columbus. And um, my mother's actually the senior pastor right now. And I'm the assistant pastor. My father started the ministry mm-hmm. um, and uh, he started it back in 1992. And uh, he passed a year and a half into the actual pastorate or pastorship if you will so he left a baby ministry and my mother who is this shy lady doesn't like to talk uh can play the organ very well actually i have a very musical family as well she decided to pick up that and uh, become the pastor so um about a maybe about five six years ago i became the assistant pastor i was ordained a minister about um 11 years ago yeah about 10 11 years ago 11 wow. years ago. And so I became a minister and then I became the assistant pastor maybe about five, six years ago. So, wow. Yeah. That's a crazy story where she, she all of a sudden, like, she's like, all right, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to pick up the mantle here. Yeah. That's the crazy part. And what an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Right. Right. To walk into your purpose, yeah. you know, and in the sense of it went against everything that she felt she could do, mm. but she actually did it. Um, and in spite of fear, she became courageous, you know, and she began to do what she was afraid to do. And then as a result, she found herself. So, um, yeah, that's what she did back in the mid, early mid nineties. So okay. she's been pastoring. So now we're celebrating her 23rd year anniversary here in June as well. And, uh, that's kind of been the journey, been there supporting her and building the ministry and building lives and building people. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's, that is so true. Something mm-hmm. ourselves us as human beings like who we really are is on the other side of fear oh absolutely absolutely anybody that's become anything in life is because they have stared fear in the face and said no yeah. you know so absolutely i agree with that completely so it's a cool journey it's 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 cool it's a cool journey and I'm, I'm excited to be on it and be supporting her yeah in this mission um, and she's getting a little bit older now so i'll i'll be uh taking over the ministry really soon full okay. time and um, I'm excited to continue on the legacy. So. Did you always think you were going to be a pastor growing up? or is All that, the time. You knew it. Okay. All the time. I remember actually being five years old and being in middle elementary school. And then we had to draw what we would be. 
and I drew myself on a pulpit speaking to people. Wow. Um, and I said that I was going to be a pastor. Now, that could have been because of the influence of my father. You know, my dad obviously died when I was eight years old, um, at a, obviously a young age, yeah. rather. And um, maybe it was his influence that made me because I watched him speaking. But because of that, I knew that that is what I was going to do. Hmm. So that's yeah. where I'm at. And uh, that's kind of been my journey a little bit, at least a piece of it for sure. Yeah. And you're, you're an author. I am. Yes. How many books have you written? Is that two? So I have two books right now. Okay. Um, uh, the first one is through my um, nonprofit organization, the ID Movement. I stands for Inspire and D stands for Develop. I don't believe you can develop anybody without first inspiring them. Man, um, dude, yeah. preach. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is pretty much what so it is. So true. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a dual type of meeting, the inspiration and development, and also the whole finding your own personal identity, which is mm. so lost in really the majority of us. We're, mm. we're, we're lost, and we don't know who we are, so we... We become what we see, and we see others instead of trying to pay attention to ourselves. So I'm trying to help people discover themselves um, through inspiration and developing them. Um, and uh, so we, we did our first book, which is The ID Movement Presents Voices of the Fathers, mm. um, Letters to the Millennial Leader, Columbus Edition. And in that book specifically, I have taken 13 men that have um, fathered the city of Columbus, and have been amazing influences in the city of Columbus. And they wrote a letter to the millennial generation that's coming up and leading next. So a three to five page letter they wrote as far as imparting what their heart was for the next generation. So we have people like the president of OSU, um, Dr. Michael Drake, um, Larry James, uh, Jerry Ravish from 10TV News, um, Bishop Timothy J. Clark from First Church. Um, we had a, just a plethora of different people, Senator Ray Miller, Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, How did you get in touch with all these people? You know That's what, impressive. man? The crazy thing about this is um, the great, great, crazy thing. God works out things for your life if you just put in the work and try. And mm. I, I really just begin to uh, have faith, but add works to it. You know, faith yeah. without works is dead. Scripture says so. Um, I added a lot of work, and the work was me looking at fear in the face, which I've been doing my whole life, and yeah. saying no. And mm. um, moving in spite of, because courage is not the absence of fear. It's just moving and not allowing fear in to control spite of it, you. Yeah. And so I was afraid of what these people are going to think about me. Is my letter to them is going to um, sound silly? Is my vision going to sound silly? Are they going to turn me down? Or what are they going to say? Will they ever want to work with me in the future if they say no, if they hear John Tyus again? So I just leaked anyway. Yeah. And I sent letters, sent emails reached out to people that knew them, said, hey, say, put a little word in for me. And I end up connecting with all these great men of great influence that um, are at a point in their lives where they are excited about pouring into the next generation. Yeah. So Kurt Moody, who is actually um, the first architect um, to own a company that's of African-American descent to be a billionaire. He, he has his first, his first um, architectural firm as a billionaire, Moody & Nolan. And it's right here in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. And how can you not get um, that type of legacy on paper? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I did. And so. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. You were like, man, 
are they going to respond? What's, you know, you're, you're so scared, but you know, you, and, and, and you went through with it anyways. And uh, I'm sure that's, I got to get that book because that sounds awesome, you know, especially for young people, you know, you've got all this wisdom and, you know, pouring into young people and that's amazing. And that's what the ID movement is about as well. It focuses on fatherhood and and mentorship and and developing people that don't have fathers in their lives like Mm. me. Like I didn't have a father in my life because he passed. And so we do a lot of mentorship. We do a lot of events that focus on passing on information to new generations. And so the goal is to um, actually do a book like that in every major city in the country. Wow. So we get the Columbus edition. And because there's fathers in every city. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean fathers in the sense of biological. I mean, fathers in the sense of, of mentorship and yeah. in the sense of influence. And so... Um, we want to do things like that in different cities and capture their thoughts because a lot of these people are dying with their stories inside of them. Yeah. And we're going to need that wisdom. And so why not capture it in a book so it can be used in dissertation, it can be used in college papers, it can be used as something to glean from for the rest of our lives. So, that's amazing. Yeah, history. Wow. Making it. And that, that's phenomenal. And now you've written another book. Yeah. Um, we're looking yeah. at it right now, Mind Elevation, mm-hmm. um, A Guide to Improving Your Mental Diet in 30 Days. So yes. tell me about that book. And So I was actually working on this book before I was working on uh, Voices of the Fathers. Um, I'm always writing different quotes throughout my journey um, through life. I always feel like God inspires me to write new things and mm. write things that speak to the hearts of people. And um, so one of my friends actually two years ago, um, I was on my um, bachelor uh, a bachelor party and uh, we was out of Myrtle Beach. And he said, John, you need to write a quote book. You always have been releasing quotes on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for the last seven years. And people love them and always talk about how much it's transforming their lives. Put some of those into a book form, expound on them, and help people develop from it. Yeah. I said, that's what I'm going to do. And so uh, I took uh, a poll from about 70 quotes of mine, and I asked people to judge what was their top 30. Yeah. And so I put 30 quotes in this book um, and an explanation of what those quotes mean. So you not only get the quote, but you get a little bit of background from what the quote actually means. And then daily action steps, how to apply that quote to your life that day. So people are walking away with action steps, how to apply each quote to their life specifically that day. With the goal in mind that in 30 days they will be addicted to positive information. They will be addicted to becoming better. Because it takes 21 days to create a new habit. But it takes 30 days to be able to see the results of that habit. Mm. So if, if I can keep them on this track for 30 days in a matter of a month, my goal is hopefully that their mentality will be completely different because yeah. we are what we eat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, are these quotes in here, all, these are all your quotes? All originals. Wow. Yeah, all originals. And I have so many more of these. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll do some other similar books in the future. But I, I've been writing them for years, and I have ones I've never released before. Um, yeah, for sure. So you said something in there very interesting. Um, addicted to... Um, positivity or positive thinking and things Absolutely. like that. Um, so, what's your take then on addiction? Like, is, yeah. It, uh, like, yeah, what's your take on addiction? Before I lead anything, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, addiction can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, being addicted to the right thing is what we need to be addicted to. Mm-hmm. So, being addicted to positivity, be addicted to helping people, be addicted to personal growth, being addicted 
to making sure you challenge yourself to be better, not necessarily too hard on yourself, but challenging yourself and challenging the weak areas. That happened with me, you know, and that's what changed my mind at the age of 20, 21 when I started to get my life together. I began to get a taste of what life could be, and I got addicted to that personal success. Mm, yeah. And so I pretty much want to impart that into others to be addicted to the right thing. You know, because so many times we're addicted to things that are not good for us. And if we're honest with ourselves, all of us have things that are not healthy in our lives. Every single one of us. I don't care how good we look. We all have areas to grow because that means we will be perfect. But none of us are. And so we're, we're trying to be a better person. And we just have to make sure that we be consistent with the right thing, which leads to addiction. Consistency leads to addiction. Yeah. So we want to be consistent with positivity, consistent with things that produce and feed us life. I found that interesting um, coming from a pastor because yeah. I feel like there's a um, – I actually two and a half years ago, I sat yeah. down. Um, you know, I was in medical sales, mm -hmm. and I was 24 years old at the time. I was having really good success. Mm -hmm. It was a college dropout. Everybody was like, Sam, you know, you're successful. You've made it. You've actually per surpassed our expectations of yeah. you. You don't have a college degree. Look how well you're doing. But I was depressed because I – I wasn't chasing my authentic dreams and I wasn't living on my purpose. I didn't really know what it was at the time. I just knew it wasn't that. And I was depressed. And one of the questions I wrote, I sat in my room for about two, two and a half hours and wrote out questions. And one of the questions was, what am I addicted to that is hurting me? Like mm. is taking from me. And um, I think there's this notion out there that addiction is bad in all forms. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're all addicted beings. Mm -hmm. So quit trying to rid yourself of addiction just mm -hmm. channel that energy from something negative to something positive you know instead of being addicted to what people think maybe be addicted to um purpose yes. you know instead of being addicted to uh you know you could take alcohol you know or or drugs or whatever it may be be addicted to um personal growth in the morning Absolutely. find something because we're all addictive beings and i find that interesting coming from a pastor yeah. because I would think that a lot of people within even the Christian world would say that's not right. No, yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And because we would all, as Christians, would hope that we would be addicted to Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I don't think if you go to any Christian and ask them, are you addicted to Jesus? And I don't think they would ever think that that's a bad thing. So we do all have addictions. And we just have to make sure we choose the ones that are most positive, choose the ones that are most healthy for us. And that's what it is. So I, I agree completely yeah. with that. Wow. And, and that's what it is. I also do a lot of work with different people in mental health and uh, thus forth the title mental diet. Um, do a lot of people with different addictions, addiction counseling. When you're a pastor, you deal with all those types of things. Like yeah. You pretty much get the world in your pews, and you have to be able to help them spiritually navigate those issues. And then one of the suggestions that I give these people that are dealing with different types of addictions is to replace it with something positive. You know, and that's just what you have to do. So you're addicted to something, but now replace it with something positive and focus hard on that. Figure out what your triggers are, because everybody has triggers. Mm -hmm. What's the feeling behind why you're doing what you're doing, why you're doing the negative thing? Because there's always a feeling attached to us doing something negative. Yeah. Before we do something negative, we're feeling something that usually causes us to run to something of comfort, even if it's something negative. And so we have to be able to attack that feeling, which is the lie. The feeling yeah. is the lie. So yeah. you have to change the mentality of the feeling. Okay, why do I feel depressed? And then I also I go to drinking or I go to drugs. So attack the feeling of depression at the beginning, the root, 
And if you can change the root, you can change the fruit, meaning you wow. can change the result of it. So you yeah. have to attack that feeling. So I didn't mean to go that deep into everything. No, that's awesome. But yeah. It's so, so true. I think that we, many times we, you know, we, we try to um, heal. I say we try to, we heal, we try to heal a wound with a Band-Aid that takes surgery. So we're trying to, you know, fix depression with, oh, I'm going to go drink, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And that's just a short-term feeling. Short-term. Right? So we're trying to heal this, this wound with a Band-Aid that takes surgery. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way that we're going to heal that wound mm-hmm. is by getting to the root of it. What's the cause of this? Yes. And then fix and then transitioning that cause mm-hmm. to some or transitioning that to something else. Absolutely. Meaning, you know... Um, you, maybe you're feeling depressed because, um, you know, for me it was, I always knew, I knew for a long time that I wanted to be a motivational speaker, you yeah. know, since I was 15 years old Wow! and I'd pushed that dream down so far mm-hmm. that I didn't even know it existed anymore. Wow. And it took like time and energy of mm-hmm. seeking, what is it? You know, asking myself quiet time writing out the answers to what makes me come alive, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and finally getting to the, the answer of that question mm-hmm. of what am I here for? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what I realized is I had done everything up to that point in time in my life, mm-hmm. almost everything to get the approval of other people. What Absolutely. are people going to accept? And so what I found was, is that the root of my problem was I was addicted to the approval of other people. So much. I pushed that dream down so far that I didn't even know it existed. And I think a lot of people struggle with the exact same thing. In fact, I think not, and that's almost the purpose of this podcast. It is mm-hmm. half the purpose of this podcast is we push those dreams down so far because mm-hmm. so many of us are addicted to the approval of other people. Yes. You know? I, I, I've, I've lived that life. Like, I was told that I would never be anything in life. I was told, mm. um, this may sound different but I was told by teachers that you would never be anything in life I was told by certain teachers because I used to suck in math and science and, and, and I remember going to try to get some tutoring and I could not get it right and a teacher telling me um, John you're, you're, you're never going to get it and I, I went in to get my pencil she said go get your pencil out your locker I went to go get my pencil I came back and I because I realized that my pencil was in my book bag knocking my lock not in my locker and as I opened the door I heard telling the whole class that she was tutoring that John was an idiot and he was never going to be anything in life. Um, And as a result, I chased people's approval from that point on. Mm. And um, I was, I became the class clown and I felt like if you're laughing with me, yo man, they know people were really laughing at me, but it was a, it was a void that would never be filled. It was an endless void seeking people's approval. And I think people, once they figure out that they need to approve themselves, they finally find more peace. Mm. Peace is attached to self-approval. Peace is attached to self-discovery. Peace is attached to finding your why in life. Mm. And because you stop living for others and you start living for yourself. And as a result, others are blessed because you find out who you are. Yeah. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you know who you are, you can finally bless other people to help them discover the same thing. That's what life is about. Yeah. Helping people discover their authentic selves. So true, yeah. man. Oh, my gosh. You're like speaking my language right yeah, now. Man, this is my, awesome. I love, I, I love this thing. My, my favorite author is Dr. Miles Monroe. Okay. And um, he was a Bahamian pastor 
motivational speaker, business consultant, author. Um, and he passed back in 2015, I believe, from a plane crash. Um, but he transformed my life because that's all he talked about was discovering your purpose, the mm. power and purpose of vision, knowing who you are. He talked about that in order to really discover who you are, you have to discover the one who created you. Because mm. only in the mind of the manufacturer um, is the purpose of the creation. Yeah. And so he said, if you have a Cadillac or a Mercedes, you're not going to go to a Jeep dealership and say, why did the Mercedes work like this? You actually have to take it to a Mercedes manufacturer because they only understand the why of the thing. And so as we're pursuing ourselves and finding out who we are and our creator, then we begin to discover who we are mm. and our purpose for being created. Because wow. there's a problem here on earth. The problem is that we have people walking around that don't know who they are. And thus forth, they're living life as an imitation instead of the real thing. You imitation know, of yeah, what? Imitation of everything else mm. and anything else. I mean, this is why you have chaos. There is no order because order is found in yourself finding you. Order is, not, order is found in that way. So people, when you have this confusion, it's because everybody's trying to be everything else but themselves. Wow. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. I, I think that's that's hashtag truth, man, because yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that's in your opinion. I think that is truth. Yeah. And um, it's so that's so interesting that, you know, you go into that. The, I don't. My favorite verse or the verse that changed my life in the Bible is Ephesians 2.10. Mm -hmm. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to do. And mm. um, you think about that verse and you just break mm break each part of it down we're, we're his handiwork well okay so i talk about my dad built custom furniture for a living mm. right so he built this furniture by hand right it was this creation he built it from scratch and he built it exactly the way that he um wanted to build it for a specific reason and purpose everything that's ever been created mm -hmm. was created for a reason and purpose i mean you break it down to the coffee cup that i'm drinking out of right now this coffee cup was created absolutely by somebody mm -hmm. To hold coffee. That's, that's the right. purpose, right? That's right? So everything that's ever been created was created for a specific reason and purpose. So mm -hmm. it shows us that okay, if we're his handiwork that we then we have a re there's a reason and purpose for our life. Wow. Created in Christ Jesus, which means we're made new, we're set free, mm -hmm. we're made alive with Christ. Mm -hmm. We have this new power. I mean it says the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in us. Wow. So we have that same power. You know, it's you know, a lot of people think that I'm a lowly being mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm so sinful and I'm so that no, you're made alive with him mm -hmm. and you're created in him. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it's not because of you, it's because of him, but mm -hmm. you're made alive with you, the same power to do good work. So we're put created in him to do something good, not to be a good person. Come on. Come we're on. to do something good Come on. with our life. So a lot Come of on. times people, especially within, and I don't mean to, if anybody listening on this podcast, you know, talking um, about the Bible and stuff, but you know, a lot of people are so concerned about what they don't sin is all about what you don't do mm -hmm. right it's about not doing this not doing that not doing this well he says i'm concerned with what you do to mm -hmm. do good works yeah i created you in him to do mm -hmm. something good Absolutely. and guess what i planned in advance for you to do in that advance to do it it's already like you already like i already know what you're supposed to do so like 
it's that verse like i read it and i just broke it down and i was like wow dude this is insane that's crazy i mean there's a reason why we're existing at this specific time Mm -hmm. because because we could have been born in the 1800s yeah but we're born right here for this specific time to handle a situation or to do some good in this specific season Mm -hmm. in time in space Mm -hmm. Um, and god's the one who created us in advance See, he's, a, he, he's very strategic. He knows what he's doing. He plans things out. He said, okay, I'm going to have Sam do this on this day. I'm going to have him be born at this time because I need him to walk and find his purpose so he can help others find theirs. Yeah. That's what he did. It's right. powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. So how, what do you think is the key to um, you know, finding yourself, finding your purpose, finding your identity? Like, What do you think the key is to finding that? Well... For me, the key for me personally was finding again my creator. And I can't, it's hard to say that in every platform and on every platform because I can't. Places I go to speak, places I go to, you know, facilitate or do workshops, I, I can't say that everywhere. But truly, in my heart of hearts, it was because of my personal relationship with God. I had changed my diet, I changed what I was eating, I changed what I was consuming. And so I literally went on a crazy diet mentally emotionally spiritually not physically okay i still like to eat but (laughs) but but all those other places and i began to let go of things that were unhealthy Mm. begin to eat things that were healthy so i that was even down to the music i was listening to Mm. so i mean because we're, we're we're sponges we're consuming things and so when you're living in this world where you're constantly being fed things that you can't even say, I believe it's something like we, we receive 2 million messages a day. Wow. Um, so that, that's crazy that we receive 2 million messages a day. So we need to have some type of input on that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so because a lot of that is uncontrollable by just the way we live, the grocery store we go to, the workplace, people are chattering, the TV shows. So we have to be able to try to find a lease, a, sp- a place or space to be able to infuse positivity that will feed us life. So that's what I did. I changed my eating habits. I changed my music. I changed my friends. I, I let go of relationships that weren't healthy. Mm. Um, I started to pray more, and that changed my whole perspective. My my grades went from Fs and Ds to As and Bs after all that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, for well. someone that wasn't good in school, you have your doctorate. That's I pretty do. impressive. Yeah. It's because I changed my diet. Change what was going in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to change your output, you have to change your input. Right. And I changed what I was eating. Yeah. Fs and Ds. I mean, used to pray, please let me get a D so I can pass. <laughs> wow. Yeah, all the way through college. I mean, I got on academic probation two times at Columbus State. And they sent letters to my house and, and said that if John gets on academic probation one more time, we're kicking him out of the school. Jeez. Um, that's how negative and the lowest place I was in my life. I was in a relationship that wasn't healthy. I was with a, re- a relationship with a young female that consistently was cheating on me, but I didn't have enough self-confidence to let that go. Wow. Um, I didn't have any any drive, any any sense of purpose. And, and um, it was at that moment, at that lowest moment, that I said, I, I need to figure out why I've been put here on earth. Mm-hmm. And I began to change things and let go of things that were unhealthy. Grades went from F's and D's to A's and B's. Graduated top of the class. Went ahead to do more things in life. Getting my real estate license. uh, uh, Earning my degrees in business and in counseling. 
and earning ultimately earning my doctorate. Um, and what's your doctorate in? Ministry. It's okay. a D-man degree, and uh, I got it from United Theological Seminary. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the things that you started putting in? So mm-hmm. you said you started eating differently. Yeah. So you started consuming different messages. What were those mm-hmm. messages that you were consuming? I started picking up some good books. Um, I hated reading. I hate I hated reading. It was boring to me, but I started reading stuff that was giving me life, and I was starting to get addicted to life. Mm. And um, I started reading some Miles Monroe books. He transformed my life. And the first book I read from him was The Power and Purpose of Vision. So what is the vision for your life? Can you see? Mm, I've read that book. Did you? Did really? Yeah, I've read that. Here. Yeah, I've read it. I have it in my bookshelf. I didn't realize from that was Miles? him. Yep. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite books. And he says in the book, uh, vision is the ability to see further than your eyes can look. Mm. And um, so vision is, a, is an ability of the heart. Sight yeah. is a vision of the eyes, a ability of the eyes, rather. And that a lot of people see life through their eyes, but doesn't see life through their heart. Yeah. And uh, how you have to be able to know where you're going in life. If you don't know where you're going, you'll shoot anywhere in life, and, and you'll never aim anywhere. And, yeah. And, and, and having a vision. And so I just talked about purpose and stuff. I start eating those type of things, start watching him on YouTube, start listening to other people, uh, listen, start listening to Les Brown and – uh, which they were actually very good friends, I didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Miles Monroe, Les Brown, I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jace because I was feeding my spirit as well. Start praying more and changing my music, changed my friendships. All my friends wanted to go out and party all the time, and I said I didn't want to do that, so I started letting them go. Yeah. All that, and everything changed for me. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I forgot what I was going to say, <laughs> but there was something in there that you said mm-hmm. that, um, oh yeah, it was faith is in the, is in the unseen mm-hmm. and not in the scene. And so faith is a, um, is actually a, and, I'm, and I know you know this, I'm just saying this because of the, you know, for you that's listening mm-hmm. is, you know, faith is not in the scene. It's in the unseen. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual thing. Yeah. So if you're operating in faith, you're operating in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. You're not operating in the physical realm mm-hmm. because faith is in the unseen. That's right. So you have to be able to see beyond what your eyes can see. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to see beyond your circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. So you might you have you have what's in front of you, the physical things that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to create, you know, mm-hmm. you know, God created the world, right? Bef- it didn't exist yeah. when He created it, so He had to be able to see beyond what He could, you know, physically see. He had to see beyond that, and that's the same for you. And that's how everything is created. I forget who said this, but it's something along the lines of imagination is the seedbed for something, meaning like, I think it might have been Walt Disney, but Mm. he said like, um, imagination is the, I can't remember, but basically what you imagine, Mm -hmm. right, is what you can create. You have to be able to see, okay, I want to, I want to build this building, right? It doesn't exist. That's right. So I've got to see beyond what I see right now to create that building. Yeah. If you look at it like construction sites, they always have a coming soon picture. Mm -hmm. What do you see when you go down a construction site? You see gravel. You see trucks pulling up dirt. You see steel maybe, different types of places. And uh, it just looks horrible. It looks like nothing. But you see a picture right there that says, coming soon, let's say fall 2019. And it shows you this amazing, beautiful uh, vision of what they're creating. Mm-hmm. Because they have to be able to see something 
beyond what their eyes can see. Yeah. Because my eyes does not see that building. My eye sees dirt, sees dirt, it sees all this other stuff, but their heart and what they're creating, they can see it before it even gets there. So you have to see it before you see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So who, so you say, you talk about um, finding yourself mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you obviously, you know, just said that finding yourself had a lot to do with putting the right stuff in. Yeah. Um, what did you find when you started putting the right stuff in about you? First thing I found was that I was a very damaged person. Mm. And so um, because during that season of my life, I was around 20, 21, 22, around that season, um, I had a lot of pain and a lot of things that I was not dealing with. Mm. And so one of the things that the Lord pressed, impressed upon my heart was that if you don't allow me to heal your past, it will forever be your present, which will kill your future. And I think that's one of my quotes in my books. And, and it talks about how allowing, pe- allowing him or getting help to heal yourself from the things that you've tried to bury. Mm. Don't try to bury the pain. Uproot the pain. Deal with the pain. Because the pain Face will it. be your present. Right. And it will kill your future. So the problem is the, the death of my father. My father died when I was eight years old. That was a, one of the biggest issues in my life. But I had buried that pain. Mm. And so once I started to go and feed myself life, it began to flush out the negative toxins and mm-hmm. the bad things, the negative things, the toxins in my life. And then I began to see, wow, that's a pain point. And once I got healing from that point, once I began to get feel better and and actually deal with the pain and own the pain and realize that the pain was just a feeling and I can live beyond the pain, I was able to find purpose in that pain. Mm. Thus forth, the ID movement came, which was really focused on developing young men that don't have dads. But I would have never been able to develop that if I didn't deal with my pain. Mm. So my purpose, a piece of my purpose, truly came from a piece of my pain. But a lot of us are running from the areas that we really need to face, really need to deal with, because as you deal with that, then you'll find happiness and health in that. Mm-hmm. You really will. So that's right. one of the things that came through for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say this, that if you, that the first step to real lasting improvement mm-hmm. is facing the truth. Have to. You know, have to. whatever, you know, whatever problem that you have, mm-hmm. you have to face that. Yes. You got to face that problem. You got to face that truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the truth is, is that, you know, you're, you're, if you suck at something, yes. like you gotta accept that, dude. I'm not good at this. Yes. And in order for me to improve in this area, you can't keep masking mm-hmm. the falsehood. Yeah. You've got to face that truth. Like, That's right. You know, and you know, for me at that point in time was I gotta face the truth that I'm like depressed. Yes. You know, I didn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put that. I didn't want to tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this past summer, I, um, I went through. Um, a bad breakup mm-hmm. and in the middle of that I also was experiencing um, a ton of a ton of adversity yeah. and it was rattling me I mean I was stressed every day I'd never been so stressed in my life mm-hmm. I sleep pretty well at night mm-hmm. but I was like had sleepless nights mm-hmm. and I was like dude there is a problem like you need mm-hmm. to figure this out and yeah. so I went and saw somebody went and yeah. saw um counselor yeah and um to seek help i'm Mm -hmm. like there's a problem and i don't know exactly what this problem is but i need to face the truth and that is stuff is not good up here right now that's right you know and 
um, I remember calling somebody and it was a friend and I was like, I actually just started seeing a counselor and he was like, what? Mm-hmm. He's like, you're the most normal person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, dude, everybody's got problems, man. Come and if on. I want to get, if I want to get past those and I want to change, I've got to seek the truth. I've got to, right. I've got to face the truth in mm-hmm. order to overcome and push through and push that. Right. And I think so many people are so afraid of, of showing that weakness or vulnerability. It's like, yeah. if I leave this group of friends and that shows that, you know, um, there's something wrong with me or if mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever it may be, but, um, that vulnerability, it, it, people don't want to face, but then they never move forward. And like you said, it destroys your future. It did. It does because it goes with you. Right. You know, um, storms come, but in the minds of people that don't deal with their storms, storms last. Mm. Um, they leave impressions. Some, so one of my prayers was, God, don't only heal me from my storms, heal me from the impressions that the storms left in my mind. Mm. You know what I mean? Because storms come and you can be out of the storm, but the storm ain't out of you. You know what I mean? So it's like I can go through mess. I can I can literally physically not be in that relationship anymore. But the wounds and the scars that is left in my mind prohibit me from living my life in the way and at the level it could live because I'm not dealing with the impression that it left on me. And so it's important that we deal with the impressions, the footprints of, of pain that have left us on our minds and then as a result it takes strength to deal with it and then it takes well it takes strength first to own it and mm-hmm. then it takes strength to deal with it so you got to have double strength but the truth is everybody has that strength everybody yeah. has it but they have to operate in it, it yeah <laughs> and walk in that right they got that strength it's about facing it and not being afraid of what people think about you again approval not yeah. being afraid of what people think about you because it doesn't matter. This is your life. You're and, the one that and looks no yourself one's in going the mirror to live morning, it but yeah. you. Right. And so live it to the best of your ability. Live it to the most healthiness. Be as healthy as you possibly can. Yeah. And that depends on how much you want to live your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Mm. Um, you're speaking my language right I now. I know, man. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, now, you mentioned you had a lot of the baggage with your with your dad. Yeah. Like, so... How, what did you f- discover in that? Mm-hmm. And then how did you push past it? Anger. One of the most common threads of young men that don't grow up with their father is they're angry. Mm. So ang- and that was my research in my doctoral studies was dealing with fatherlessness, specifically in the African-American community um, in a postmodern generation. So the generation that is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do you develop a program to help them overcome that? So fatherlessness... The common thread in any young man is anger, and you have behavioral disabilities. 90% of young men who, who uh, have behavioral disabilities come from a fatherless home. Wow. 85% of, of young people who are in detention centers come from a fatherless home. Wow. 90% of, of, of young people that grow up and it affects their commonwealth, meaning, meaning their economic wealth, rather where they grow up and they're poor, they come from a fatherless home. It's important that you discover your father. And my dad passed again when I was eight, so I needed somebody to come and fill that. My thing was my relationship with God felt that home. Um, And as a result, I was able to deal with the anger that I had dealing with that. Mm -hmm. I was able to deal with the abandonment and rejection 
because some people's fathers leave their lives because of drugs, because of alcohol, because of different types of substance abuse, or the minds left because of death, which was still absent. You right. know, so the results was this was the same. I was still angry. I was getting in fights in school. Wow. I was angry. My grades were sucking. I was trying to be the class clown because I wanted people to see my pain for real. You yeah. know, and once I started to deal with that, all that stuff began to come out. It was a lot of tears, y'all. I mean, it was a lot of tears that had to be shed um, while I was praying. It was a lot of pain that I had to go through in order to get that healing. Mm-hmm. But I fought for my healing because I wanted to see who I really was beyond that feeling of pain yeah yeah i think a lot of people mask pain with com- with comedy or with mm. with humor Absolutely. you know they yeah. say some of the most depressed people are comedians yeah yeah isn't that crazy it's very true yeah um and it's part of what makes them funny because they make fun of themselves and, and exactly and stuff like that but and again true. it's not it's not always the healthiest um form of mm-hmm. a retreat from your pain or whatever absolutely um and people you know it's it's really interesting too um, you know, we've talked about a lot about what caring about what people think, mm-hmm. um, and freeing yourself from that. Yes. It's not that you never care what people think because mm-hmm. there's definitely, there's people that I care what they think because sure. I give them the permission mm. to give me advice. Powerful. There's Powerful. very few people, but, um, they're, uh, because I don't trust um, what a lot of people say and what mm-hmm. I get, it, I get advice all the time. Yeah. It's hilarious. And people try to give me advice. I'm like, why, who do you think you are? Like, you don't have the credibility in my life to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like you have to earn that, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't earn it by like telling me what to do. So, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't mean I can't learn from you, but it's, it's so like, I do care what certain people think, but For you got to sure. free yourself from like what, the world is going to think because you know a lot of people when they're walking around and and their life looks great Mm -hmm. and they're they're doing things they buy that nice car Mm -hmm. because you know the perception Mm -hmm. of what people will think when they buy that nice car they 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 go broke to live in that downtown um apartment Mm -hmm. at age 24 because they care about the perception, mm-hmm. but little did you know, they literally have no money. Mm-hmm. You know, every single dollar is going to expenses, mm-hmm. and it's like we make these decisions in life that aren't healthy for us mm-hmm. financially, mm-hmm. spiritually, mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. relationally. That's right. For the perception of other people, like you said at the beginning, living life for others versus yourself, mm-hmm. and in the end, when you live life for yourself, you become the greatest blessing. To others. To others. Absolutely. Because everybody's searching for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when they find somebody that knows who they are, they're always addicted to that person. They always want to be you. around that person. Yeah. Because the world is filled with imitation. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look is somebody's I- imitating somebody. Mm-hmm. So once you see somebody that's authentic, it's like addicting. Like, oh my gosh, that's refreshing. That's like a fresh drink of water when you're in the yeah. desert because it's rare. Yeah. So once you find yourself, you become a gem on earth because you're rare. Yeah. Because nobody sees that. Yeah. And so it's not trying to impress people, but impress upon people, as Les Brown would say. Yeah. Impress upon people that they are good, that they're great, that they can be something. So it's not impressing people. And what you're saying is very true in the sense of... Um, of course, we're concerned about certain peoples and their opinion, but it's not allowing people to hold you bondage. 
and hold yeah. you in bondage and hold you captive from being who you are. Yeah. See, see, people's opinions can weigh so heavy on you that you don't even you don't even consider your own opinion. Mm. You know, and that's some of the problems when other people's opinions that don't even have any right to be in your life uh, has more of a say over your own life than you over your own life. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah. And it's important that your voice is raised within yourself. Yep. Yeah. So that that's crucial. But you have to make sure that your voice is saying the right thing, too. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the enemy is not always the enemy. It's the inner me. Hmm. So that means the stuff in us that counsel ourselves that is not the right thing. Yeah. So we have to be careful of self-talk. Be careful of what we're disclosing to ourselves and making sure that it's positive. That's why we are what we eat. We have to consume positive information because it's all about transforming our mind to think more positive. So now the voice in your head doesn't say you're an idiot, but the voice in your head says you're an overcomer. The voice in your head doesn't say this is a horrible day. The voice in your head says this is an opportunity day. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's because of what you're consuming. Right. Yeah. So. So, um, that's, dude, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, um, I love it. You, uh, you mentioned earlier that you can't develop somebody until you inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, man, it's like, I've I've been waiting for somebody to say that because it's something that I've been, you know, as a motivational speaker, as somebody, you know, later today, I'm going to speak to 50 high school soccer players and, you know, I've been studying speakers for a long time, like people that are really good at at what they do. Mm -hmm. And the one, the, the best speakers I've always noticed, you know, they, they don't get up in front of a crowd and give you 50 things mm-hmm. you know what i mean they tell you stories that's right they move you mm-hmm. and that's why they tr- they they can transform your life that's right and i think that um so many people are trying to teach mm-hmm. versus inspire mm. i'm not going to listen to you until you move me until you mm. connect with me until you and i'm not going to you know, it's like I don't care. You know, I think John Maxwell says I don't care how much you know until until you know how I don't much, much you care. care. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you take that into a speaking realm. It's like you've got to move people, um, you know, to a place where they're ready to receive then the information mm-hmm. that you want to that you want to teach. Like John Maxwell says, you know, if you want to reach people for God, mm-hmm. you got to first you got to first give them value. That's right. You got to first provide them value. Absolutely. Because why would they listen to you about what you believe in your faith if they don't first a trust you? You have an added value. They don't even know that you care about them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, well, the truth is, people buy people, mm-hmm. and they buy into people. Yeah. So um, I- I'm going to buy into you before I buy into your philosophy. Yeah. Or your or your faith. I'm not going to listen to your faith if I don't like you. And that's been, a, to me, a, been a huge problem with certain Christians where they have not been focused on winning people. They've thrown what they've believed into their face, but they didn't touch the heart of the person. Mm-hmm. And I always say when I'm speaking as well, I always say, if you win somebody's heart, they'll lend you their ear. Mm. And, and, and until then, they ain't going to listen to you like you said. Right. But I got to touch your heart. That means I have to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Meaning I have to find some type of common ground with you. And usually intimidation leaves when you feel like somebody understands you. 
And so a lot of times we, when we're speaking or we're developing people or training people, we're speaking down to them instead of speaking at them. Yeah. You know, and, and we're talking to them from a lot of times our heads instead of our hearts. Yeah. So we intimidate them with our heads. But your heart is the one that's going to transform them. Yeah. You know, so I always say with mentoring, men, mentoring is, is giving, uh, in my case with the ID movement, since we deal with young men, it's men giving other men a tour of what their life can be. So it's mentors. And that means show them your journey. Tell them where you've been. And as a result, they'll connect with your story versus mm-hmm. your head. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. So true, man. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know if I should get into this, but I'm going to dive into it because it's fun. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I get the, mo- the, the biggest backlash I get is from Christians, mm. which is really interesting because, um, you know, they, they're trying to tell a lot of Christians try to tell me how I should do what I do. Really? Okay. You know, and it's very interesting because, you know, my belief has always been, you know, I'm not saying that. Um, church is a bad thing. Sure. It's a good thing. Sure. But me standing on the street, mm-hmm. waving at people, mm-hmm. I can't fool myself to think that that's really helping anybody. Mm-hmm. It may be serving the church and maybe in a way serving people. Yes. But I can't fool myself into saying that that's really helping any human being. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fool myself. And so, you know, I've been, you know, the biggest backlash I get is from Christians mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, I can't, nobody's going to listen to my faith mm-hmm. until I first connect with them Absolutely. and I help them Absolutely. and I provide value for them. And me spending all of my time thinking that, you know, and you know, we're talking the church now, it's like, I think the church has lost it because mm-hmm. the church, the church is what the church is doing. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to us. Mm-hmm. He came down to us. Yes, he, did. he got into our life. He got into our mess. Right. He went and connected with us where we were. That's right. But then we tell people outside the church mm-hmm. to come. Come to us. That's very true. We do the opposite. That's very true. When we should go out into the world, go out into their mess. Yes. And experience it with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, and connect with people. Mm-hmm. And love people where they're at. That's right. It doesn't mean I have to, like, just because my friends party all the time mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to, you know, go mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah, You know, exactly. it doesn't mean I have to, I'm, I'm strong, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. like, I'm not going to expect all mm-hmm. these people to come to mm-hmm. me. That's I right. got to go into their space. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people are missing that. With No matter what you're evangelizing, so mm-hmm. we can take this into a business sense here. No matter what you're evangelizing, That's right. whether it's for God or whether it's your product and service, That's right. you got to go to people. You have to. You it's have the same to. thing. Yeah. It's, it's the, the same thing. thing. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think um, there's a book about leadership talking about Jesus. And it talked about how he was able to win people, but that he was okay to get his hands dirty. Mm. He didn't have a problem with getting his hands dirty, meaning he didn't have a problem sitting down with the prostitute, such as the woman at the well. <laughs> he didn't have a problem sitting with the woman that had many men in her life. Who He didn't care. He ministered to her need. So he looked beyond the issue that we often look at, and he looked at the area of void and pain. Because one thing that will win people any and every day is healing their pain. 
Mm-hmm. If I can deal with a place in your heart that is hurting and I can connect with you, I can win your trust. And at that point, I want to learn what you've learned. And then that can also be your faith. It's a way of winning people. Sometimes I feel, sometimes as Christians, we have to learn uh, soft skills mm-hmm. um, and personal development training. Um, to be cruelly honest with you, I, I've, I've, I've come from, my background is professional and personal development training as far as even in corporate America. I, I did a lot of training people on how to communicate with people, how to win people, conflict management, all of those great things. And being able to win people is an art. It's an art. The Bible consistently talks about winning people. You're wise if you can win people. Mm-hmm. You're wise if you win souls. And so we have to connect with the people. And then they'll want to know what we know. Yeah. And at that point, I have plenty of guys. I had a guy that I mentor that he now he's now in the church. But before he was hitting people with bats and he was he was breaking people's jaws in school because he didn't have a dad in his life. So I began to mentor him and pour into him and found his pain. Now, as a result, he's serving in church and pouring back wow. into other young men as well. That's because I touched his pain. Mm hmm. I figured out where his need was. Ministry is finding my pastor, which is my mother, our, our, the guy that my mentor, he says, um, ministry is finding a need and meeting it and finding a hurt and healing it. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Ministering to people's hurts and pains. Yeah. Working with them, loving it's, on them. It's so, you know, it's so interesting, um, you know, because you can take that and run that and in business and in life yes. you find you find somebody's pain point you're trying to sell a product that's what you find it is. somebody's pain point yeah. and how your product solves their problem you'll win need. every time it's meeting a need what people's you, need that's the problem we approach business with a me mentality instead of a them mentality right if we always focus on the consumer always focus on the client always focus on the customer and how to add value you're always having a great opportunity to make a connection right. always have a great opportunity to sell your product so true. Yeah. It's so interesting how, how you know, all of those um, arenas mm-hmm. are all similar, it's you know. And it's the same principles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every single leadership and success principle is found mm-hmm. in the Bible. Serving. It's, it's all there, yes, you know. Yes, sir. And, um, and I just, I find that interesting because um, whether you believe in that or not or whether that's your faith or not, you know, it's just true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to Proverbs, I mean, everything's in there. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's like, wow. What we're talking about right now is do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your, your mind. mind. Right? I mean, <laughs> we all hear this stuff, but we don't, a lot of people don't understand. That's a biblical principle. Yes. You know? And, um, and so that's interesting um, what you're saying there. I just, I can, I can take that to business and and, yes. and and be like wow that's like man dude, how much can we learn from that stuff you know you know you can you can also take into business and you can also take it to your relationships mm-hmm. let's say uh, a married couple the same principles finding a need and meeting it instead of always wanting your needs to be met mm. it's the same principle it's a law of life that whatever you sow you will reap yeah that's Bible too. <laughs> you yeah. know, you reap what you sow. It's biblical. So the more I love I sow, I naturally have to receive love because it's a law of nature. It's a law of God. It's a law. So I have the more I'm focused on serving others, 
the more that I will get served. Mm. But it's always about putting myself second in this serve of, of serving others and putting others first, finding mm. their need, meeting it, finding their hurt and healing it. Thinking about other people. How yeah. can I serve you today? How yeah. can I add value to your life? Yeah. That should be the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, your needs will be met. I promise you. Yeah. You will. Yeah. 100%. That mm -hmm. takes faith, but. Oh, it does. You know, that's, um, you know, it's a whole other, whole other discussion. Yes. And so, um, well, this has been awesome, man. I yeah, mean, it's been a great like pleasure. you're, you know, speaking my language left yeah. and right. And, um, what do you think? What what's so you've got all these different things. This will be my last my last question here. Mm -hmm. Um you've got all these different things that you do. Yeah. And you really got a different hats. I mean you got your pastor of a church, but then you have you know, you said you go into schools and you, mm -hmm. or you go into you know, certain arenas where you can't really talk about certain things. Sure. Um which, you know, is something that I experience regularly. Mm -hmm. Um and how do you manage all those things on a daily basis? How do I manage the things, the many hats, or do I manage uh, uh, making sure I don't blend? Both. Let's talk. Okay. Yeah. How do you manage? Like, how do, what's a what's a thing that you do on a daily basis mm -hmm. that helps you mm -hmm. then to maximize your day with everything that you have going on? So me personally, it's it's me prayer. Um, I have to because that's what changed my life. Mm. So I have to continue to shore up my foundation. Because that's where it all started, and that's where it's going to end with me. So I have to make sure that um, me, John, decreases, and in the morning time where I'm talking to God and saying, "What do you What do you want for me to do today? Who do you want me to touch today?" So I have to kind of detox in a sense, in order to truly be effective for whoever I'm serving that day. Mm. That can be in business, that can be uh, spiritually as a pastor, that can be in relationship and counseling addictions, counseling, writing a book, because I, I, I want to be fed things that are going to inspire and pour into people, but I got to get out the way in order to do that. So I'm removing myself in the morning time and leaving more room for him to do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. Um, as far as the arenas and blending the arenas, um, when I'm at speaking at certain places, I just share the principle of things, what we're talking about. We talked about the principles, uh, it, it can be applied anywhere. People are not going to fight the principle. I don't have to say Jesus said this, you know. If you really want to go from an academia standpoint, you can always say an old Jewish scholar once stated because that's what he was, mm -hmm. you know. And my favorite book states this. I hear Les Brown saying that all the time. People don't catch it. People don't catch it that Les Brown has made over $100 million in the, the self-development arena. And he always is quoting scripture. People don't always. see it. But he never says, the Bible says, he always says, my favorite book says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what he, that's Bible. That's mm -hmm. in Proverbs. Yeah. You know, and, and he understands that, but he understands that in order to win people, he doesn't need to offend people. Mm -hmm. He would much rather win people instead of offend people. Right. So I'm not going to offend you because everybody doesn't believe the same. And that's okay. But you can't deny the principle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I don't necessarily blend I'm always going to be Pastor John at heart because God is the core of me. But the way that's expressed, I know how to decipher and change those things and express those things in different arenas. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, and finally, like, what? I'm sorry, like this book, Mind Elevation, 
it's not one scripture in here. Yeah. And I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose because I knew everybody would not want to read that if mm-hmm. it was only scripture involved. Now, that's self-development, personal development book that can be eaten or consumed by anybody. But there's no scripture in there. There's biblical principles, though. What would you say to people that say, well, you should just be pointing people pointing only, people. only, only to, to Jesus? You shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? I would say um, I am pointing them to him. I'm pointing them to his mind, the way he thinks, his heart. And as a result, they'll be transformed by tr- uh, listening to the principles. That's Jesus. So I ain't got to tell them just his name is Jesus. I can tell you the principles of him and your, your life begins to change because, mm-hmm. I mean, the law works. It mm-hmm. works. It, it just works. The principle works. Yeah. And so, and as a result, then they find out, man, why am I so changed here two years later? I think differently. I feel differently. You know what? Uh, let me let me go to this church or something. Let, let, let me go see what this is about. How about I get connected to a body of people that think like me? Mm. If you realize a lot of people that are successful in business and successful in personal development are Christians. John Maxwell, Christian. Les Brown, Christian. These people are Christians. Eric Thomas, Christian. Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because they have taken the principles of Jesus and lived it. And they're impacting people's lives because of the principles. Now, Eric Thomas has gone a little bit further, and now he does spiritual development classes where he is more free to say, I learned all this from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he does now. He packs out arenas now of spiritual development. So that, that that's ministry. That's leading people to Christ <laughs> in a different capacity because he won them from the personal development. Now he's saying, okay, you want further? Let me help you out with spiritual development. And they yeah. trust you first because you didn't offend them. Gave them the principle. Now they're willing to trust you with the Lord that you serve. Wow. Man, dude. You and I are brothers, dude. I'm telling you what right now. This has been awesome. Yes. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate Where can people find you on social media? Everywhere, Dr. John Tyus. Okay. Um, Instagram. J-O-H-N. J-O-H-N-T-Y-U-S. Okay. D-R-J-O-H-N-T-Y-U-S. Facebook, Instagram, website, drjohntyus.com find me anywhere and where can people get mind elevation and voices of our fathers um you can go to my website drjohntyus.com or you can go to amazon.com um and find it as well barnesnobles.com since we're in barnes nobles it's it's here online okay and so anywhere you go you can just type in my name they'll bring up all the books that i have so far excellent Amazing, man. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for coming on as a guest. And I know for a fact mm-hmm. that you provided a lot of value for people wow. and you helped a lot of people today. Thank you. Thank you. And I just um, give you some encouragement to keep going, man. Yes, like sir. you said, talking on, uh, walking on faith. Yeah. And just keep going mm-hmm. yes, um, because there's this spirit that you have that's mm-hmm. on the inside of you. Yeah. And that spirit is directing your path. Mm-hmm. And you're, and I'm telling you, it's, mm-hmm. you're already impacting people, but mm-hmm. the future that you have that yeah. is out there mm-hmm. is, is well beyond what we think mm-hmm. or can even imagine. Yeah. And if you just keep going down that path, man, I mean, unbelievable. I'm, I'm so excited for it. And yeah, I, appreciate I appreciate you coming it, on. It's um, a great opportunity. Absolutely. Great opportunity day, right? That's right. Opportunity day, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, sir.
Well, thank you for tuning in to the podcast, episode number 40 of the Opportunity Day podcast. Remember that yesterday is gone, tomorrow doesn't exist, and today is all you have. Spend 0% of your time, attention, and focus on the past. Spend 1% on the future because you do need to have a dream and goal. Then spend 99% of your time, attention, and focus on today because life is experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking about the past, you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking about the future, you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. Let's be present today. Let's maximize today. Happy Opportunity Day, and thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the channel, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If you're a new-time viewer to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. If you find value from this podcast, I just ask that you share it with a friend. Love you.